Oh, it's really good to be with you. That's great. Just take this off. I got that in Afghanistan. <laughs> in the mountains, high mountains. So, God bless you today. Um, uh, today we're going to share about this passage of scripture from John. It's a really interesting chapter because I think this chapter is a very, very special chapter in the whole Bible because this is a prayer that Jesus is praying to the Father. But the disciples were there and they heard this prayer. And so we can also hear that prayer today. So, and this was the prayer he prayed before he was crucified, like the day before he was crucified. Because from there they went to the garden and, you know, he was arrested and, and you know, eventually he was crucified. But this was like so soon before he was crucified and went to the cross, he was praying this prayer. So I guess it seems logical that this prayer is very significant because this prayer reveals to us what is inside the heart of God. What is the Father's heart? What is inside Father God's heart? What is inside the heart of Jesus? What is the heart of the Holy Spirit? So it's really, you know, wonderful. And you know, this week, it would be really cool, good if, if you can read this passage, you know, at home. Read it a few times, you know, over the days to just think about it and let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart so you can respond with faith to this prayer. Because this prayer, Jesus prayed for you and me and for us together. He prayed this for us. And um, it seemed to be the main thing that he was thinking about before he died on the cross. And this prayer revealed the reason for dying on the cross, the purpose of, of our redemption. And that purpose is about intimacy with God. See, Jesus came from heaven he was incarnate in, a, in humanity. He was born as a human baby. He grew up as a human child, learning that he was the son of God, listening to his mom and dad's stories and reading scripture and listening and also experiencing father's presence and experiencing the Holy Spirit. He learned that his life was about intimacy with the father. So he came to demonstrate that for us, to teach us that that is the way. You know, it says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Well, if you look more closely at Jesus, you know, you will realize that his life was not about rules and regulations. He wasn't disobedient to rules. I mean, sometimes he broke rules, but it was a, a good time to do that. But he was 
if you look more closely, the disciples who lived with Jesus every day, can you imagine if you were one of the disciples? And every day for three years, you are watching the behavior of Jesus. And you begin to understand and realize that Jesus had amazing relationship with the Father. He had amazing intimacy with the Father. And, you know, earlier in John, John chapter 14 and so forth, Jesus say, I do only what I see the Father doing. That meant in his spirit, he was sensitive. He like had spiritual eyes that he could somehow in his heart, he could know and see what the Father was doing. He said, I do only what I see the Father doing. And then again, later in the same passage, he says, uh, as I hear, I, I make my decision, I judge. And my judgment, that is like my decision for action, you know, what I do, my decision for what I do is, does not come from me, it comes from God. It comes from my Father. I do only what I hear the Father telling me to do. And my decisions, my choices, they are right. And then he gives the reason, why? What's the reason? Because I don't do my own will, but I do the will of the Father who sent me, okay? So the disciples began to realize, wow, this guy, Jesus, he has such amazing, he's so close to the Father. And Jesus said, everything that I do, everything that I say, it comes from the Father. And this was a new kind of lifestyle coming into the world. A completely radically different lifestyle. You know, mostly in the world, the people, religious people of all different religions, and also in Christianity, you know, we like to follow rules. We, you know, we, we like a code of conduct. And they are good, you know, and the Buddhists do that. And Confucianism, you know, Confucius was like, find, look at nature, find out what the rules of creation are teaching you, what's right, what's wrong, and learn to follow the right way, make the choice. But it was all based on like principles that you could write in a book or in a tablet. <laughs> Samsung tablet. Um, so you could write it in a book and, and have these are the steps, you know, like the, the rules. So if we, if we follow this, you know, the rules, the laws of Moses <laughs> from the Old Testament, <clears throat> then you'll be cool with God, you know. But hey, listen, let us understand that Jesus brought a completely, radically new lifestyle that was not based on the law. But his lifestyle, it didn't throw the law away, but it fulfilled the law in a kind of magical way, like God magic. 
Holy Spirit magic. In a miraculous way, Jesus had a lifestyle that completely fulfilled the law. Jesus said, I have not come to do away with the law. I have come to fulfill the law. And the disciples were watching and they realized this way of fulfilling the law is based on incredible, supernatural, miraculous intimacy with the Father's heart. And the Father is love. God is love. In the epistles, John wrote, God is love. You know what? God does not have love. He is love. He is living love. And he is the only real love there is in earth or heaven. And we're talking about love that, listen, this love is completely free from selfishness. This love is a kind of power that is completely free from selfishness. Even as I say that, you know that there's only one love that is like that, and that's the love of Father, the love of God, the love of the Trinity, of Father, Son, and Spirit. And so Jesus was having this intimacy, this communion, this relationship by the power of the Spirit, living this lifestyle of miraculous, supernatural intimacy with the Father. I do what I see the Father doing. And that's evident for, you know, in the way he lived, like when he healed people, he, he, he doesn't very often do it the same way. Like, oh, you know, one person, he, he, he prays for them. You know, and the disciples are watching, writing in their notebook, oh, you know, formula, looking for formulas. And think, oh, you pray in that style, you know, <laughs> and you make a rule out of it. But then they watch, and the next person Jesus prays for, he, he, he doesn't pray for them. He, um, he just speaks to them, be healed. Oh, a new formula. So then they wait, and then another time um, they see just, Jesus just touched somebody, and they're healed with no words, speak no words, just touch them. And the disciples begin to go, what's going on? Every time it's different. There's no rule here. What is the rule? Well, the, it's not a rule. It was this new way of incredible sensitivity and intimacy with God, with Father, and with the Holy Spirit. And that fulfilled the rules. You know, Jesus said, love God and love each other. This fulfills, all the rules are fulfilled by that. Because when you hear God, you will live a life that is righteous, that is beautiful, that's right, that's just. But it will come from like this river of life and intimacy from God. So Christianity is not about God. Christianity is God. <laughs> it's Jesus in you. You know, Paul, he used to be a Pharisee. 
Pharisee is the guy who likes all the rules, you know. He likes to have the Bible to see how many rules he can, you know, obey and persecute people who are not obeying the rules. Kind of control freak, you know. I think all Pharisees are kind of control freaks. They can live with control and they're controlling others. And then um, Jesus meets him on the way to this, the, Damascus, I believe Jesus met Paul because God saw Paul's heart. His heart was sincere. And God said, look at that guy. You know, he's so sincere, but he's kind of barking up. He's like a dog barking up the wrong tree. Do you, do you know that phrase? You know, dogs like to chase a cat, and the cat goes up a tree, but like the cat goes up the tree, but the dog is barking up the wrong tree, you know, the cat's not there. <laughs> so, you know, so they watch Jesus and just learn from him this amazing intimacy um, that he was living from that. He was living out of relationship. I don't, I, I do nothing from myself. By myself, I can do nothing. I'm quoting from the Bible. By myself, I can do nothing. I do only what I receive from the Father, what I see from the Father. So this is like, um, it's kind of a scary challenge for us to think, does that, is that what, when Jesus says, follow me, is that what he means? To live from the same kind of intimacy and power that come from relationship with God, to trust God for this miraculous, supernatural lifestyle that's not based on formulas and rules or five steps, you know, or whatever, but it's based on the ability to hear what God is saying, to hear what the Father is saying. You know, after Paul became converted, um, he, he, he wrote a lot about, you know, get free from the law. And he, he, Paul said, you are no longer under the law. That's pretty radical to say that. What happened to Paul? <laughs> you are no longer under the law. And then another place Paul writes, for as many are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. And of course, daughters as well, sons and daughters of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So, you know, God is calling us to be like these crazy people that live by faith. The only way we can access that relationship is, is by believing it, by faith. And, and that Jesus died on the cross to make this possible. Because if you read John 17, what is Jesus praying for? Father, as you are in me and I am in you, may we be in them. And I pray that the love you have for me will be in them and that they will know that you love them in the same way that you lo love me. That's like in the last verse, you know. 
that that the love that Father has for Jesus, his eternal son, is the same love that he has for each one of you. That's pretty radical. It's about meeting that love, to encounter that love, to experience that love. The love of the father, of parent, for child. And, and Jesus is like first brother. <laughs> and he brought us, to us, the life of God. The love that God is. This love that's not selfish, that gives itself completely, dying on the cross to redeem us so that we can experience this love and have faith that the Holy Spirit will each day fill us with uh, the power to know what God is leading us to. Now, remember the life of Abraham in the Old Testament. He was like the first ever Jew, you know. At first, he wasn't a Jew. He lived in a city called Ur of the Chaldeans. And at that time, Ur was like, it was like New York. It was like London, New York, uh, Tokyo, like, you know, um, Seoul, you know, Seoul. <laughs> like the main center for life and, you know, the cutting edge of what's going on, you know. And New York is like that, you know. It's a very powerful city and based on a lot of intellectual, you know, life in New York, you got to learn what the rules are and perform, you know. And if you don't, you fail. But if you, if you, if you win, you win, you know. There's a song they used to sing from long ago, you know. If you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. But to make it in New York, the principality and power, oh, come Samnita. The principalities and powers that rule this city are intellectual. They are based on principles, codes of behavior. And the people are competing with each other. And it's so completely different you know, in that prayer, John 17, he says, I am not of this world and they are not of this world either. And the world hates me and the world will also hate them. Well, yeah, because the world will, they won't believe what I'm speaking about. That you can live your life from a friendship and intimacy with God they, I, I can't see that, you know. You're a crazy guy. Those people are crazy. No, we experience a spiritual reality. And that's what Jesus came to give us. And it's like such a radical thing. Um, there's no other religion that, that offers that. <laughs> Only Christianity reveals this lifestyle that you can follow and learn to hear the Holy Spirit, learn to hear the Father's voice, and live from the voice of this love that is completely selfless, 
gives itself completely. There's only, as I said, only one love like that. So you were not, you know, C.S. Lewis, you heard of C.S. Lewis, you know, Chronicles of Narnia. He was a professor in, you know, Oxford and Cambridge in England. And um, he said that the purpose of creation of people, you know, God's purpose for creation was not to teach them how to be good from a bunch of rules, like, boy, like scouts, you know. Scouts have got to learn rules to be good scout, you know. And he said, that's not the purpose. That was not purpose of God in creation. And I add, it's not the purpose of redemption. It's not the purpose of the cross either to restore us to like this kind of righteous righteousness that comes. You know, we're forgiven by the blood of Jesus, but now we can live by the rules of God. No, we are forgiven by the blood of Jesus on the cross so that we can have intimacy with the Father and live from relationship a relationship that is pure love, the essence of love, of love that is eternal, of love that you can't measure, love that doesn't hold back, that's not selfish. And that's pretty scary because that is the way of life for a Christian. The way of life is the way of the cross. The way of the cross is about the love of God. And this love that gave Jesus the power, God's righteousness in him. You know, one day, one guy come and ask Jesus a question and say, good master. And he asked the question, but call him good master. And Jesus rebuked him and says, do not call me good. There is only one who is good. Why did Jesus say such a crazy thing? You think, oh, he's the son of God, of course he's good. No, but he, was, he had become, the son of God had miraculously, and don't try and understand it because it's a miracle and it's a mystery. The son of God had miraculously become human, the incarnation of, of divine into humanity, like the, cre the creator became a creature. Only God can do that. And he, he did it in Jesus. And as a human, he was an empty vessel. And it must be filled with the Holy Spirit and the life. You know, God, Father, you are in me. I am in you. I pray that we will be in them. So this life of a, of a of redeemed humanity was living from intimacy with the Father. And he was saying, this is the way. This is what we are to believe for and pray for. And it's, it's like Abraham's journey. You learn every day, you know. It, you know, I, I like to say that learning to hear God's voice, which I think is the most important thing for every Christian to focus, like make that your number one goal is learn to hear, learn to live like Jesus. So follow me means live like him.
from intimacy with, with, with God. And Christ say, you know, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons and daughters of God. So we focus on hearing God's voice. Um, and then we say, well, how, you say, Pastor Gas, how can I hear God's voice? Give me a formula. Give me five steps, you know, to hearing God's voice. No, I, I don't want to do that. It's something you have to pray for. It's something only Holy Spirit can give us. It's a miracle. We need to every day pray, God, fill me with your spirit. That means fill me with your life. Fill me with the life of the Trinity because Holy Spirit always brings the love and the presence of the Father with him and the love and presence of Jesus with him as well. So this experience of being a child of God and that God is your father and that you are his child just like Jesus and that this goodness is filling you. This goodness fills you so that your righteousness is not self-righteousness. It's not generated by your, you know, your... Um, strong ability to obey rules. That's Old Testament, that this righteousness is God in you. And that, that quote I was busy telling you from C.S. Lewis, that you were not created for rules or for morality, but he said you were created to be filled with the living presence of God. That's the purpose of creation. And it's the purpose of, of redemption to bring us back to that. That we are forgiven and cleansed each day. You know, every day I have to, you know, come before the cross. God, forgive me for, and mostly forgive me for my selfishness. Because God's not selfish, you know. Cleanse me, forgive me. And God... It's not possible for me. By myself, I can do nothing. As a human, that's what Jesus was teaching us to say. Jesus said, by myself, I can do nothing. I can only do what the Father gives me. And it's always in the power of the Spirit. So every day for us becomes a systematic learning how to listen to the Spirit, how to listen to Jesus and how to listen to the voice of the Father in the power of the Spirit. And to believe that that's possible, and that's the essence of being a Christian. It's the heart of being a disciple of Jesus. And Jesus died to give that to us, to become that God will become one with us, and we will be one with God. And that's, that's a miracle, as I said, that only God can do. So. It's just a matter of praying, you know. It's like, you know, like a kid learning to ride a skateboard. You know, I don't think there are many schools that say skateboard school, you know. I think little kids, they get a skateboard and they learn to ride it. Why? Because they have a passion. They have a love. And, you know, it's a good example because when you ride a skateboard and you're doing, you know, it becomes easy for you, 
it's like there's an intimacy between you and the skateboard. There's a kind of freedom, a kind of release of power and freedom and joy and exhilaration because you took a lot of time to learn to ride a skateboard. You know, you, you can't say, oh, I want to ride a skateboard and walk out of this place and get one and then start riding it. I would break my neck, I think, if I tried. But a little kid will fall down many times. At first, you have no idea how this works. Um, you know, the illustration of surfing, you know, in the water, like with the surfboard, is the same kind of thing. At first, I try to surf every time, you know, I, I, I spent like two hours one day trying to stand on the board. I never got there. I just fell off before I even got on the board, you know. And I think, this is not possible. How do you learn this? And the friends who were teaching me say, don't ask me how to do it. You just got to keep at it. Because the ability to discover that is in you. No one can give it to you. No one can tell you, oh, these, follow these three principles and you'll you know, be champion skateboard rider just like that. No. It's like about a relationship also, like with the kid with, with the skateboard or the surfer with the, the, the board. And slowly you begin to learn. And the more you do it, like go surfing every day, it becomes like you start to have a beautiful freedom. Like you become like a bird, you know, flying in a, this other dimension. <laughs> and hearing God is the same. At first, it's crazy, you don't know. You know, I remember asking God, please teach me to hear your voice. And I would say, give me a verse of scripture. Oh God, give me a scripture verse from you. And I, I would hear, you know, Ephesians chapter eight, verse three. And then I look it up and I find Ephesians doesn't have eight chapters. So I realized, oh, I made a mistake. <clears throat> I fell off my skateboard. <laughs> and that was a normal procedure. You don't learn anything without making mistakes. God created life, so you don't learn anything. You don't learn to a language, and you don't learn to hear God without making mistakes. And when a child is learning to walk, you know, about the age of 18 months or two, whenever they learn to walk, at first they hold on to something, then they step away and they take like maybe two steps, you know. I saw some friends of mine in, in Texas where I live. I was in their house for supper and their baby son was like walking around the coffee table and then and um, he, he took two steps and then he collapsed on the ground. But each step was like very wobbly, you know, very wobble, wobble. And so the mother starts screaming and the father starts screaming, oh, Simon is walking, Simon is walking. Yeah. <laughs> so immediately mother and father took out iPhone, start sending message to everybody on their list. Simon is walking. And I'm thinking, yeah, 
I don't know if I can call that walking, you know, two steps and then collapse on the ground. And then the child starts doing that more and more. And slowly, eventually, he can walk freely and can run freely. But it takes, you know, a lot of time to learn that, that wonderful thing of being able to walk, to, to be able to, to have balance, um, to ride the skateboard, you know, to surf, to windsurf, to, you know, like uh, kite surfing, all those things. And it's the same for us that with God, um, we, the perfection that God is looking for is not your performance. It's your faith, that you have the faith to step out and follow the voice of the Spirit by faith. Is that you, God, you know? Uh, Lauren Cunningham, founder of YWAM, he wrote first book was called, Is That Really You, God? And that book is a book about hearing God's voice, is the main teaching in YWAM, but I think it's the main teaching for the church everywhere. And that's a good book, you know, for you to get. Is that really you, God? Because it's a, a story about learning. Early days in YWAM, where people were learning to hear God's voice and about the mistakes they made uh, and how they would go back to God and, and slowly learn to hear God's voice. So, I mean, now when I ask God for a voice, for a, a, a something from the Bible or to speak to me, I don't make such a mistake anymore because I've, I, I never let go of learning, you know, of every day learning to hear God. And, and you know, like with, and living out of intimacy with God is like the Holy Spirit speaking to us, God's Father and, and Jesus speaking to us is in a way like listening to a GPS. A GPS only gives you the next step. That's all. You know, the GPS doesn't tell you, and if I, I ask my GPS, I want to drive from here to, to Texas, the GPS knows every step of the journey, but only gives me next step and doesn't tell me the rest of the way. And so you obey that step in faith, <laughs> and then GPS gives you next step. Are you with me? So it's kind of like that, living with God. He, he keeps us on the edge of faith all the time. You take one step, like Peter walking, you know, when he wanted to walk on the water. Is that you, Jesus? Call me, I will come on the water to you. And Jesus said, yeah, it's me, come, you know. So Peter said to the guys, watch this, I'm going to walk on water, you know. So he, he steps out and, and he feels the water. Wow, it's holding me up. It's holding me up. And he steps out. And, but maybe he didn't realize that now he's going to be on a moving surface that's going like this. And that's a whole new thing, you know. He didn't think about that. And then the waves were there and the wind was blowing. So he took a couple of steps, like the little boy learning to walk, and he lost, he let go of faith in Jesus. Jesus said, come, he let go of that. 
because he was distracted by other forces that were like distracting him. And life in the world can be like that for us. There are many things that distract us from what we know God has told us. So at that moment, he starts thinking, Ew. why? Not because God's word failed. No, because our faith, you know, we let go of faith in that moment. And he starts thinking, but what happens? This God who is a God of love, who totally loves us, who's no longer angry with us, a God in whom there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation for those in Jesus. This Jesus steps forward, grabs Peter's hand and pull him up, you know, grabbed him, pull him up. And we have faith that God will do the same for us as we are learning. He'll grab us, you know, when we start sinking, he will pull us up. And he look in Peter's eyes, not with condemnation, but with love. I like to think Jesus was kind of laughing, like, Peter, you let go of faith. That's what happened, and you got wet. You know, it was not a condemnation. It was an encouragement. He kind of, Peter, where's your faith? That's what Jesus said, where's your faith, guy? Remember, that's how this miracle works. Hold on to faith. Hold on to what God said. Don't let go of it. Hold on to what I told you. Don't let go of it. And keep walking, even if it's so difficult and many distractions. If you keep on and keep on, you will learn to do it. You will learn. In the end, it will become so easy for you. And you will experience that it's like so easy to hear my voice. And you'll be like a bird flying, you know, in this miraculous lifestyle of hearing God, of obeying the voice of love. And that voice of love that is God, every day he will lead you in the way of the cross, which is to die. Cross is about dying. But the moment there is death on the cross, resurrection life happens new life comes. And what a, Jesus said, take up your cross every day and follow me. What does that mean? That's the way of the cross. That's about laying down your life, laying down your will. You remember Jesus said, as I hear, I make, I make my decision. I judge, I make my choice. And my choice is, is right. Why? Because I don't seek my will, but I look for the will of my Father. I want to connect with Father's heart, with the, with the, with the heartbeat of love, of perfect love. And I want that Father to live in me and that I am empowered by that love. But to say, I don't seek my will, that's a process of dying. Like dying to yourself. <laughs> dying to what we think and feel. So I encourage you to, you know, just ask God, show you ways you can learn this. That book I mentioned is a good book. 
Um, there are other books, you know, you can check them out about hearing God's voice. And just learn, make this like a goal for your life, like your main goal, to live this life of Jesus. And don't be, be like a child. Don't worry about perfection. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for faith. Even if you're wobbling, you know, but God see the faith, you know, when you take action, but you know, like two steps and you start sinking, don't worry, God shout, my child is walking. And he, God takes out his iPhone and he SMS all the angels in heaven. My son is walking. But you know, devil says he's not walking. No, devil is an accuser. Don't listen to him. God's heart, oh, he loves us. And he loves us as much as he loves Jesus. That is the message of the cross. That God gave his own life. He, Jesus gave his own life because of love for you. That you can enter into this life that is the life of the Trinity. The life of parent-child. Parent, you know, Father God and Son of God, Daughter of God. That, that can become our reality. And it takes our whole life to learn to do that. Even when you're older, people like that couple there, you're a little bit older, I can see. And the man, gentleman, I can see some gray hair there, you know. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are. Jesus, God and Jesus and Holy Spirit, they always keep you on the edge of learning. You know, just when you think you learned and you got it, Next day, God says, send something new, and you feel like, oh, I'm back in class one. I'm back in, in, in primary school. And ask them if they've been Christians a long time. They know that. People who know God, that God always keep you on the edge of faith, learning faith, learning to trust him each day with new things that you experience with him that keep you on the edge of living by faith and receiving the miracle of knowing how to hear God and have his righteousness, his goodness, his justice living in you, not as a list of rules, but as, as the very person of who God is living in me, that Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit are in me, and we live by faith. And it's not about perfection. It's about faith. I'm wobbling all the time, you know, but God see my faith and he say, perfect, perfect faith. That's what God longs for. And that, you know, God, when God sees faith, that is our righteousness. But he does the, the rest. He does the miracle, the miracle of living in the supernatural atmosphere of the life of God. Okay, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the people here today, all these guys and girls and men and women and little kids running around. God, we thank you for your amazing love that you are eternal father. And that includes like mother love as well, that you love us with, with two hands, one hand like a mother's love, other hand like father's love. 
but we call you Father. So God, you love us with complete and perfect love of parent, parent love, and that we were created to be sons and daughters, to be vessels that are filled with the living presence of who you are to be filled with the divine presence, to be filled with the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Jesus, not our own righteousness, not Pharisee righteousness, that we will learn to be led by the Holy Spirit in our life. Each one of us intimately following a different plan from each other, God's special plan just for us, being led by the Spirit, and Paul says, those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. And of course, daughters as well. They are the sons and daughters of God. Those are God's people. Radically different lifestyle. A lifestyle of like childlike weakness, but infinite power infinite power, a great mystery, that our life is a great magical mystery. It's like the kids finding Narnia, you know, just any moment you can find Narnia. It just happens. You're not in control of it. But any moment in the day, God can start speaking to you. And we need to stop and listen and become, oh God, help us to be obedient when you, we hear you, to, to start walking, to start moving with you, to move with you, to dance with you in the rhythm of your love and your power and your goodness. God, we pray for this. God, I just pray that right now you lay your hand on every single person here. Just imagine that, that God lay his hand on you because you are unique, you are special, you are a unique child of God. And God, lay your hand on your child right now. And God loves you. He says, I love you. God is saying, I love you. You have to hear that in your spirit. Hear that and receive it with faith. The only way to receive it is faith to believe it and to live by faith and have the pure righteousness of God living inside us and with us, that he becomes the miracle of our righteousness. And when we learn to do that, we become one with God, but we will also become one with each other because when we are one with God, there's no more selfishness and we need that miracle every day. We struggle with that every day. It's like every day we have to make choice to die to self so we can be alive to the resurrection life of God, of Jesus living in us. This hope of glory, Christ in me, that's the hope of glory. That's the hope of getting it right, of finding life of finding the purpose I was created for, the power and love of the wind of God, the fire of God, the water of God.
the life of God. Thank you, Jesus. I bless every one of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come, Samnida.